are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Lockdown Spartans Nation, how on earth are we doing? Thank you so much for joining me on another beautiful Wednesday or Tuesday, if you're listening. Uh, I'm trying to post these at night now, whether it be on video or your podcasting services. Yeah, so hey, any day you're, you're listening, thanks a lot for joining us here on the Lockdown Spartans Podcast, your green and white team every single day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, we got a fun show, as always, as if I'd ever come into a show saying, yeah, we, we got a snoozer today. Nothing really exciting to talk about. No, like we're, we're, we're going to talk about some football, some basketball, some transfer portal stuff because, hey, tis the season. It, it is time to talk transfers nonstop for a good reason. Uh, but before we get to any of that, just have to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. And I'm going to try to politely ask you to, hey, please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, and if you have any questions, Topic ideas, uh, anything you want to hear me rant about, locked on Spartans at gmail.com is the place to find me. So let's get it popping here right off the top. Uh, this is a guy who had a lot of questions. His name's Evan. He sent me four great questions at that email address, locked on Spartans at gmail.com. And we're going to hammer one right now because it's pretty topical. It, it ties into something that's happening right now with Izzo and the staff and this kid. But let's just get into the question. Shall we? Oh, that's right. I do uh, fancy little graphics here on YouTube now. Let me just click that. Sorry for listening on the podcast and not looking at the screen because uh, this is probably very boring for you. All right. That's right. Evan asks the question, what current hoops player that is in the portal now do you want most on our team? And he adds, it would be awesome seeing Jalen Bridges in the green and white. First, I'm going to hit that first part of the question. Which current hoops player in the portal do I want to see most on our team? If this is Fantasy World and I could take a pick of anyone on the portal, I'm definitely taking K.J. Williams out of Murray State, the Ohio Valley Conference Player of the Year, average 18-8, and uh, 6'10", exactly what Michigan State is looking for. However, I would bet get probably both my kidneys and one lung that he's going to be going to LSU and following his coach down to Baton Rouge to uh, play for the Tigers. So in a more realistic sense, who would I want out of the portal? Yeah, Evan nails it. Uh, if you're in tune with the portal whatsoever, this is probably your name that you have on top of your list too. And it is Jalen Bridges, the six foot seven wing out of West Virginia, who has three years of eligibility left. Now, the rest of the segment, we will talk about Jalen Bridges. And I'm reluctant to talk about transfer portal prospects all willy-nilly. Uh, kid enters the portal like uh, Fardaz Amak. You know, like I, I could have done like a segment on him, but Truth be told, like MSU didn't even reach out, and it's pretty crazy with more than what 40 or 50 colleges offering him a spot on their team. But when it's a kid like Bridges, in the recent happenings have been well happening, we're gonna take some time to talk about it because Jalen Bridges is squarely on MSU's radar, and vice versa. Bridges or MSU is on Bridges' radar as well. He has four visits lined up. For well, the, the near future, I, he doesn't know exactly when he'll visit Michigan State, but Michigan State is one of those four teams. 
He's also going to visit Baylor at an undetermined date. He's going to visit Alabama in the middle of April. And then Ohio State coming up uh, not too far, actually, the, the 29th and the 30th of March. That is all reported from Travis uh, Travis Branham. So, yeah, it's, it's clear that Jalen Bridges likes MSU. He's interested in MSU. And it's very clear that the coaching staff is interested in Bridges because on Monday night, they did an in-home visit with the kid and his family. So, yeah, definitely mutual interest there. So what would happen should Bridges commit? And knock on wood if, knock on more wood, if he does commit, well, we'll go a little deeper into this. But right now, just to get to know the kid, just to you know have something to get your hopes up, get more familiar with Bridges. He plays the three, and he plays a little bit of the four. Really high motor kid uh, on both sides of the ball. He can shoot, career 35% shooter from behind the arc but only shoots it about maybe three times per game. Like it's not his game necessarily. He can score in the paint. Uh, he's really good at finishing, really good on the fast break. Last year started all 33 games for the Mountaineers and averaged 26 minutes per day. So you would be getting a kid that's pretty used to power five basketball right off the top. Like this isn't dipping down to a mid-major conference and hoping that it translates immediately. Kind of like Tyson Walker, for example, this year. You would get a kid that, knows the pace of the game, that knows the size that he's going up against in Power 5 Division One basketball. And would he be a day-one starter? I, I think that's the really fascinating conversation here because maybe, maybe not. It, it depends if anyone at Michigan State's end goes to the transfer portal or, you know, how things shake out over the summer, headed into fall. But right now, your lineup, and play along with me here, maybe you disagree on one or two names, but it's Julius Marble, Malik Hall, Max Christie, Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogard. Okay, let's say that Bridges commits to Michigan State. Now, how would he find himself on the starting lineup? Would it be, and I'll start top to bottom here, would it be A.J. Hogard at the one, Tyson Walker at the two, Max Christie at the three, Bridges at the four, and Marble at the five, with Hall coming off the bench again? Not necessarily how that would go over with Malik Hall being a senior and probably a captain once again coming off the bench in back-to-back years, but that's maybe the way that Jalen Bridges finds his way in the starting lineup. Or or is it going to be Hogarth at the one, Christie at the two, Jalen Bridges at the three, Malik Hall at the four, Marble at the five? That seems to fit a little nicer, and that would have Tyson Walker coming off the bench. Interested to see how they would feel about that, both parties, both Tyson and the team, but regardless, I'm sure all six of those guys would be getting a good share of minutes. Now, we talked about this earlier this week that, yeah, right now Michigan State at the five position has Julius Marble and they have Matty Sissoko. That's it at the five. And that we want to see them get a center out of the portal. And it, it, so far it's a slow trickle of centers in the portal. And whenever a center dips their toes in the portal, they, they just get pounced on by dozens of teams with open doors for a center. So, yeah, while Michigan State has that position high in their priority list, Competition to get a halfway decent center in this portal, very tough. So with that said, can Marvel and Sissoko play the entire game? Like, no, there were times this season that we just saw where Izzo would have Hauser at the five or Malik Hall at the five. So I think that could be another big um, thing going into next season. Small ball. And, hey, you know what? I, I can wrap my head around that as I you know, watch Villanova storm to a Final Four without a single player over six foot eight. Yeah, it seems to be working there for them. but. Yeah, I really wonder if we'll get like a lineup with Hall at the five, Bridges at the four, Christie at the three, Hogarth at the two, and then Walker at the one, or any combination of that. 
Hey, you know how it goes. Basketball gets more and more positionless as time goes on. And also, hey, maybe in Big Ten play, maybe having a center isn't the most important thing to get you through a conference season. Say uh, Coburn leaves. Say uh, Travion Williams leaves, for example, or a Hunter Dickinson over at Michigan, or uh, Trace Jackson Davis, whatever he decides to do. Please transfer to Michigan State. That'd be awesome. Um, FBI, hope you weren't listening there. I don't think it's tampering. I'm not part of the program. I'm just here to offer free advice. So that that's who I would have at the top of the list for Transfer Portal. It's the obvious name, but it's obvious for a reason because you fit pretty well with Michigan State and also mutual interest between Michigan State and MSU. Let's hope those visits at Ohio State, at Alabama, at Baylor go terrible so MSU can knock it out the park and get this kid out of the transfer portal. That'd be great. Um, we're going to have more basketball talk in a hot second. And actually, this is a segment idea brought up by my man, Brock, who hit us up at LockdownSpartans at gmail.com. Sure, you're not tired of hearing about that email address yet, but first, I have to talk to you fine folks about Stat Hero. You know it already that my bracket is in complete disarray. It's in shambles. I have Duke in my final four, and that's pretty much the only thing that went right. And I was still hoping to even get that run. Um, but luckily, Stat Hero and their single NCAA pickums, they, they they got me back on the wagon, baby. That's right. No, no funky props, no lawn odds, no handicappers just absolutely bending me over. It, it, it is the way fantasy sports is meant to be played. So what happens? They pit their individual players, okay? You go in and you select who you want on your lineup, and they go head-to-head. It's amazing. You could even comb through their lineups that they have. So if you see a weakness in Stat Hero and you're like, oh, they have this lineup? Well, I'm about to dummy them and put my guys up against theirs and win some money. That's kind of the reason why gamers on Stat Hero are running four times more often than any uh, sports book, bracket pool, anything like that. They do it right. They get you hooked up fast, easy, quite simply the way daily fantasy sports is meant to be played. So go check them out. Stathero.com slash locked on. Smash in that promo code locked on, and that's going to get you a 100% instant deposit match. 100. That's right. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on. 100% match. One more time. Stathero.com slash locked on. Promo code locked on for a 100% match. Terms and conditions apply. I just got to talk to you, beautiful people, about Built Bar. Built Bar. That's right. Then talking about them, screaming about them forever because they're just sensational. Now, we get ad copy to read, and it says, like, oh, hey, say it tastes better than a candy bar or tastes as good as a candy bar is what it says. But, no, you know me. I'm going to shoot you straight. It tastes way better than a candy bar, whether it be the Built Puffs, the the first ever protein-infused marshmallow. Insanity how great those taste. Or some of the classics like mint brownie. Uh, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. They got some cookies and cream in there sometimes. If you catch them on the right day before they sell out like that, they're cookie dough bars. Mm. Sensational. And most bars contain just 130, 150 calories, just four grams of sugar, just four grams of net carbs, but a whopping 17 grams of protein. They're treating your body well. They're treating your taste buds well. And they're treating your wallet well as well. Because Built Bar's got a promo code for you. That's right. It's LOCKED15. Smash in LOCKED15 at Built.com, and that's going to get you 15% off your purchase. One more time, gang. Built.com, promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off of your Built Bars. And before getting back into just MSU basketball banter, 
hey, just want to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day. Now, Brock, uh, he is tizzing the season right now because he knows that the Final Four is coming up, and that's got him feeling some type of way. And he reached out to us at, you already know it, LockdownSpartans at gmail.com, and he hit us up with a segment idea. As the Final Four approaches, he writes, I thought it'd be a cool idea to talk about which of Tom Izzo's Final Four teams was the best team as a segment. That's a lot of Final Four teams that we got to rank. That's actually eight more Final Four teams than any current Big Ten coach could possibly count. It's because Tom Izzo has eight Final Fours to his name and all the other Big Ten coaches. Goose egg. Zero. That's right. Um, Now that I got that little arrogant quip out of the way, we can get into it. We ranked them. Eight to one. Probably already figure out who number one is, but here are me between eight and one. Uh, Number eight, and this is tough. Uh, I, I think I switched the order of this maybe seven times in the last five minutes before smashing the record button. Um, So if you ask me this tomorrow, I'd probably have a different set of eight. But in some form, I think this top three is going to be the same. But, God, it's just so tough. So if you wildly disagree with anything I say, reach out to me on Twitter. uh, She and underscore sports. uh, Scream at me. Because right now for number eight, and this pains me because this is one of my favorite teams. Who am I kidding? They're all one of my favorite teams. But the 2015 team is who I'm having in last place. And I'm, I feel kind of, I almost want to apologize about that. Uh, Travis Trice, Matt Costello, Denzel Valentine, Brandon Dawson, Bryn Forbes. Like that is, that is the epitome of a Tom Izzo final four team, right? Like when, when we always say, uh, oh, like Izzo's going to have the boys ready for March. That's it right there. Middling big 10 season, decent run in the big 10 tournament. And you start to think like, are are we going to do something like after doing pretty much nothing all season? Are are we going to storm out to a a nice little run in March? Yeah, we are. Yeah, we are. We're going to beat number two, Virginia. We're going to take care of Oklahoma. We're going to beat Louisville in just a very comfortable overtime game. And yeah, that that is who we're going to start with because it wasn't necessarily as good as, you know, the 2016 team with Matt Costello, uh, Forbes, Valentine. Yeah, they were all in a 15 team, but not, not probably as good as they were in 2016. So I got the young pups of the 2015 team in eighth. Number seven, I got just the, the 1999 pre-title team. A lot of the same players that were on that 2000 national team, but kind of like the 2015 team to the 2016 team. One year too young, maybe. Still figuring things out. Regardless, good enough to make a final four, but so are these other 16s I'm about to name. Like the 2010 Final Four team is who I have at number six. Now, the reason I have the 2010 team, which was a dynamite team, a very good team at number six, is because I'm taking this literally about Final Four team. And when that team made it to the Final Four, look, you got Draymond Green, awesome. You got Drell Summers, amazing. You have Raymar Morgan, just a hype machine. But you didn't have Kalen Lucas at that point because, well, his leg injury. And you had Corey Lucius, who, okay, obviously did a good enough job to get you to the Final Four, but Kalen Lucas, missing him was a big difference. And that's why I have the 2010 team sitting at number six in my Final Four team rankings. Now we got to dial it back, back the clock, about 21 years, for number five on my list as we get into the top five here. It's the 2001 team, the, the last team of that three-peat from 99 to 2001. 
And they had a lot of the same players that they did in that 2000 national title team, like Charlie Bell, Andre Hudson, Jason Richardson. They had freshman Zach Randolph, freshman Marcus Taylor. Like that, that's a solid team. Solid enough to go, uh, what, 28 and 5 overall, that they won a Big Ten title. But you're missing, obviously, Mateen Cleaves. Mo Pete's not there. AJ Granger no longer there. So what, when you hear my final four teams, I think these last four can beat that 2001 team as talented as they were, as experienced as they were in March. Because number four, this was a fun team. This was a fun team. Uh, The 2005 Final Four team who maybe had the most impressive run to the Final Four that you could possibly have. Maybe. Maybe. I give it second place. I think it's, it's those second most impressive run to the Final Four because that was a good team. Well, no kidding, it was a good team. They made a Final Four, but they had Allen Anderson. They had Mo Ager, Shannon Brown, Paul Davis, all averaging double figures. They also had Chris Hill at point guard, Drew Neitzel, babyface uh, at point guard as well. And that was another classic Izzo team where, yeah, they were solid throughout the year, but they got second place in the Big Ten. Uh, I believe that was the year they flamed out immediately in the Big Ten tournament. It's like, all right, great. Fun season, I guess. It was okay. No, No banners, and then... You beat number one Duke in the Sweet 16. You, you beat J.J. Reddick's and Sheldon Williams' Duke team in the Sweet 16. Well, okay, well, it's, it's a pretty good win. Um, good luck against number two, Kentucky. Oh, wait, you still beat them. You beat, uh, you know, they had Azabuki. They had Rajan Rondo, uh, Patrick Sparks, who, of course, hit that very infamous shot to send the game into overtime, double overtime eventually. Uh, didn't matter because you still beat that team. You beat number one Duke, number two seeded Kentucky, and now you're in the final four. And, like, that was a really fun team. And this year's Houston team, it, before they scored just 16 points against Villanova or whatever it was, really reminded me of how Michigan State basketball played, like, in those 2000s. You know, of course, like the 2001, the 2000 team, but also, like, that 2005 team where there was just athletes everywhere. And it was just 94 feet of athleticism on display, versatility. It was great. Love that 2005 team. Now, this is where we get really controversial in the top three. So we're going to start reaching and trying to strangle and being like, what are you talking about? Because I, this is a very beloved team. Number three, I got the 2019 team. That is my number three rated Final Four team in the Tom Izzo era. I don't, I don't have to go up and down the list, but I will anyway. Uh, Cassius Winston. Xavier Tillman, Matt McQuaid, Kenny G. You got young babyface Aaron Henry. You got Gabe Brown popping off for 15 points against LSU in that Sweet 16. What a fun team. And that's a team that you just flip the keys to Winston. You're like, oh, okay, here, go go do your thing. Yeah, you'll have uh, Tillman to run some pick and roll with. Some Nick Ward, too, when he's healthy. Uh, you know, Matt McQuaid brought great leadership. Kenny G, great leadership. And obviously a good enough team to beat. Duke's team, which had three top eight picks in the NBA draft, ran into a tough team, buzzsaw against Texas Tech. But yeah, I think when you stack up all eight teams, that that 2019 team is in my top three. I think even maybe a little better than 05 because, I don't know, I I still, I don't want to call it recency bias because it's been three years. But man, Cassius. When he gets the ball, he he orchestrates the choir. He orchestrates his team. He borderline orchestrates the other team, and he was just getting it done anyway. 
or another. Now, could he beat the number two team, though, which is the 2009 Final Four team? That, that's who I have as Tom Izzo's second best team amongst his Final Four teams. Star-studded, right? Kaywin Lucas, Raymar Morgan, Goran Sutan, Jarrell Summers, Chris Allen, freshman Draymond. You got Travis Walton. You had Delvon Rowe. Like, this team was unbelievable. And they also had, in my opinion, the most impressive March run that Izzo's ever had. They beat a very, very good Kansas team. And then they beat, I believe, the number one overall seed, Louisville, to get to the Final Four. And then when you get to the Final Four, it's like, oh, great, another dynamite team in UConn who had uh, you know, Hashim to beat, I remember was the headliner of that team, and they took care of business. Now, yeah, they ran into like a team that would have gotten a, a five seed in the Eastern Conference that year in the North Carolina Tar Heels, who had seven, seven future NBA players on that team. So, yeah, MSU got absolutely piped in the national title game in Detroit. I think a lot of teams would because North Carolina is probably – Easily in the top five greatest teams of all time, if not top three, if not maybe even number one. I'm sure there's some metric you could find out there or some talking heads out there that would agree with that. But yeah, that is probably Izzo's most impressive run in March. And number one, I'll be really short with it, that that 2000 national title team. How can you argue against that? You know, they, they cut down the nets. They did it all. They got their banner raised. And they're the last Big Ten team to ever win a Big Ten title. So yeah, I'm going to have to go with Mating. Well, Pete, Charlie Bell, you know, the, the whole gang. So, yeah, that's that's the, the easiest way to end there. Just on, on the Natty team. On the Natty team. How can you argue that? So, hopefully, uh, we won't be doing any arguing next segment. But I know we will because we got two more questions that people get very passionate about. But first, got to talk to you fine folks about Rock Auto. Well, it, it's, it's a jungle out there when it comes to just shopping for car parts, uh, truck parts, whatever it is. And it, it can get intimidating, too. If you go to, like, a dealership or a car park place, you're like, oh, hey, does your uh, Corvette need a Splugel Harbor Flubers? Or I, I don't know, man. I, I'm not a car person at all. I, I know what a steering wheel is, and that's pretty much it. But luckily, the family folks at Rock Auto, they got it all taken care of. They make it so easy, whether it's their easy-to-use website or finding an amazing car part. That's not a complete ripoff, because why would you spend... 30, 50, or even 100% markup that you'll find at like a dealership or a chain store. You would only do it if you were a, a clown. Here, here. Uh, but you're not a clown. You're a smart person and you use rockauto.com. Like I said, guys, family owned, family friendly. They're just great people and they take care of your car or truck. So hit them up today. Rockauto.com. Find that missing part or the broken part or the additional part that you need for your car or your truck. That's rockauto.com. And in their, hey, how'd you hear about us box? Tell them that we sent you. That's right. Right locked on in that little box because Rock Auto is going to take care of you. Great service. Amazing prices. Everything you could ever need for your car or truck. That's rockauto.com. Let's get back into the mailbag. Let's just dive right back into it. And uh, yeah, we, we've got the controversy now. We, we sure do. Uh, this is from Nick. And he asks, where in the is zone is your preferred spot to sit? Um, and also he's like keeping in mind uh, said section, the view, uh, possible TV time, volume from the bands, uh, even like the mini ball tosser free handouts. Now my tried and true during my time, back in the old days when I was there from 
2010 to 2014. Um, oh, which is eight years ago now. All right, sorry, I just had to have a crisis there. Um, yeah, so eight years ago when uh, I was at the peak of my is days, I'd be like first or second row right behind the baseline because the middle of the court, obviously that's the best place to sit, but those would fill up so early. And we even got in line very, very early and those lines or those sections still filled up. So I was first row or second row behind the baseline because also I don't just talk on a podcast. I would also talk to the players as well, welcoming them to East Lansing if they were opposing players or if it was Michigan State players, hyping them up for the the second half. Uh, So, yeah, across the court from the band, because at one time I sat by the band and I wasn't able to hear correctly for the two weeks prior or two weeks following, rather, I should say. But, yeah, the best bang for the buck being that close to the court um, was awesome. And also, too, it was it was fun, like, after the game, you know, all, all the players do their little high-five lines, and it was always cool to be there for that, hyping the players up after a big win. And uh, being in the first row means that you get all the noise behind you. I remember, I believe it was sophomore year, Adrian Payne has this insane block against Michigan within 90 seconds of the game, and it's so loud I can't even hear myself scream. So, yeah, like, you just get all the noise collapsing on you. You get the full environment. A lot of fun. Now, for football, I'd be bopped around. Uh, I'd get, like, what, it extends to the 10-yard line. So that was cool because you get a lateral view of everything. But also, I liked kind of sitting next to the band for football. It's different in basketball because it's an arena and you're sitting 12 inches away from, like, a tuba or something, whereas football a little more spaced out. It's outdoors, so, you know, you're not going home with a splitting headache courtesy of our brilliant Spartan marching band. Uh, so, yeah, I, I kind of like that. And you'd also get there early enough to sit 15 rows up. So I, I, I'd be bopped around everywhere for football. Just not not the upper deck because, hey, we show up early for games, baby. That's right. That's right. Now, the second question. Get ready to shout at each other because uh, this is another one from Evan. This is an Evan special. Evan, thank you for just essentially sponsoring or producing this week of the podcast with all your questions. But he asks, what is the most underrated bar in East Lansing? And he said two things as well. He said that he thinks that uh, Dublin is one of the most overrated bars. And then he said his personal favorite or his pick for most underrated bar was Lou and Harry's. Now, excuse me while I have another crisis right now, because that's not a bar that existed when I was at state. Um, I remember, I remember like years ago when I was a student there, like uh, my, my wife's grandfather, God rest his soul. Great guy. He was a Spartan. And he went to school way back in the day where he would tell me that Shaw was as far east as he got on campus. Like that's where campus ended back in the day. And he would tell like all these great stories back when he was a student there, I believe. Oh God, it could have been like the fifties that he was there or maybe the late forties, but that that's how I feel right now talking about campus these days, because yeah, just eight years have passed, but so many things have changed where it's like, I feel like it's been decades. I just feel like the old guy reminiscing on the glory days. But with that said, hey, well, let's do some glory day talking. Now, I took an arrow through the heart there when I read Evan's email because Dublin was going to be my pick for most underrated bar in East Lansing. Now, I don't know if they still do it, but half off Tuesdays, some $2 Corona, some uh, $1.50 Miller Lights to uh, get the weekend started. Because weekends start Wednesday night if you're a student there. Um, that was great. I would say I would say Harper's, but I know that that is an answer that could um, get me canceled as they, they've had their rough patch of PR um, in the last like two years ever since COVID started. But uh, yeah, if I could whisper it, like I, I kind of like Harper's. It's like, oh, their Spartan wheat sucked. Like, 
Yeah, all the beer we drank as college students sucked. Like, yeah, that wasn't any different from like a Bush or a Keystone. Like, it was cheap. It was somewhat cold. And it was available to you at a very low price. So, yeah, I got to go with Harper's because also, too, it was always there for you. It was always open. It was America's second choice is what I called it back then because there would always be a line wrapped around the building at Rick's or the Riv for uh, Burger Rama or um, sometimes, uh, what was it called? Um, oh, Crunchy's, duh. And uh, Harper's never had a line. I step right in. Hey, you, you want to just absolutely get sideways? Hey, come come right into here. So um, I'm going to have to say Harper's, and I understand the uh, aura um, around that and uh, the, the, the shade that will be thrown upon me for that answer. But, yeah. Gotta go Harper's. That's right. Hey, Harper's, sponsor the show. Let's go. Um, and listen, hey, there's a lot of other great bars, right? Like Rick's is a lot of fun. Uh, Crunchy's, Dynamite, Peanut Barrel. Sure, that's up there. But like, they're all properly rated. They're known as elite uh, around the MSU corner. So no, I can't call any of those underrated. God, Crunchy's. I miss Crunchy's so much. Crunchy's, please sponsor the pod. Um, gang, this has been fun. I know that this has been like kind of like a, just, just a lighthearted fun episode, but tomorrow... Oh, it's going to be hard-hitting. It'll be hard-hitting because uh, we're going to have a guest on tomorrow, and it is an old friend of the program. It's Stephen Brooks of 24-7 Sports. A uh, lot, lot to talk about. Uh, last two days, have uh, they've had media availability, able to take a peek inside of practice. So we'll talk about position battles, talk about uh, anything he's hearing from Mel Tucker, anything he's hearing just from inside the halls of, well, Scandalera Center. So, yeah, that'll be a fun episode. And then for Friday's show, We'll be doing our basketball superlative bonanza. We'll have Graham Nelson on. We'll talk like game of the year, favorite moment of the year. I, we'll have a bunch of categories. It'll, it'll be a fun, fun way to spend your Friday. So until then, just want to thank you for making Lockdown Spartans your first listen every single day here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Until then, love you all. Go green.